You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. We're glad to have you tuned in today. And uh, this is uh, our second show, and it's uh, on sports management. And I think it's... Uh, Fantastic and a million dollar ball. I believe that's what we're doing, Jack. Is that correct? Uh, yes, David. Billion dollar ballers. And it's and it's amazing. And I wonder how many of those uh, checks are being written these days with uh, nothing going on. I did hear that they. Uh, in fact, it's going to happen. Uh, NASCAR is starting back up in Atlanta, but uh, nobody will be there. It'll they'll be running by themselves. But they, at least it's starting back up, and they'll get the uh, television coverage. So, and we always hope that NASCAR is not a contact sport. Uh, it doesn't doesn't always work out too well if it is. But anyway, we are delighted as always to have, and and it's going to be going on for hopefully uh, many years to come. But um, we have Jack Castides on. And did, did I say your name right, Castides? It's uh, Christides. That's Christides. Right. <laughs> well, I was close anyway. And uh, for a, for an early morning, and uh, I've been up a long time today getting getting stuff um, ready for one thing and another. And, and you know, the the nice that one of the uh, it, it there's nothing nice about the pandemic, but it gives you an excuse for everything. Blame it on the pandemic. And, and at least they're not uh, uh, blaming it on Trump all the time. Now they're just saying, you know, it's, well, I, you know, yesterday I thought I was going to have to uh, have people come in with rubber bands to uh, uh, give me a ponytail or something because I couldn't get a, couldn't find a place to get a haircut. Finally, I found one, and uh, but everything was blame it on the pandemic, so... <laughs> You know. Anyway, we we can't blame this on the pandemic. We can just blame it on Jack. <laughs> well, thanks, David. Uh, as as you mentioned, I'm Jack Christides, and this is Billion Dollar Ballers. Um, it's our brand new show discussing the business of sports, involving everything from the NCAA all the way up to the major leagues. Um, and before we get started, I'd first like to thank everyone for tuning into our first ever show on America's Web Radio. Um, as David mentioned, hopefully it will be running for a long time now, years to come. And for now, it's 9 a.m. Eastern Time every Friday. Yes, sir. Um, so getting right into it, it really is a pleasure to have this platform to discuss something that I find is currently underrepresented in the media. Um, a quick introduction of myself again. My name is Jack Christides. I earned a degree in sport management from the University of Michigan. And uh, I know there might be a lot of people out there maybe haven't heard of that degree, so just a little background of that for those of you who are unfamiliar with it. Essentially, all that means is that I have a degree in the business of sports. Um, so previously, I've done work with the Los Angeles Chargers, sports leagues, including the MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, even esports, some, uh, some alternative sports out there that you might not know much about. So I'd like to think I bring a pretty well-rounded Sport business acumen to uh, to our show, and uh, if there's anything that I've learned in my time working in sports, it's that sports are very much so a business. So, um, as we know, we all love our professional sports teams. Uh, we all love rooting for whatever team we grew up rooting for, and 
when our teams exceed, we certainly are happy about that. Go out, party, have a good time. Uh, hasn't been a whole lot of that recently, unfortunately, due to the whole COVID pandemic. But uh, David was right. David, as you mentioned, we have the uh, we have the NASCAR coming back in May. We've got three UFC cards. We're looking at hopefully a resumed NBA, at least NBA practices coming in the next month. So that'll be great. Um, but uh, sometimes what we can forget while we're watching a lot of these sports is that it is a basic business just like any other business. Um, perhaps the best comparison in my eyes would be to uh, the entertainment business, movie studios, concert venues, dance companies, theaters, um, things of that nature. So owners of sports teams and heads of athletic departments, in the case of college sports programs, they have one job, and that's to fill arenas with people to uh, get people to watch their sports on TV and to turn a profit. Jack, I, I, so. I'm curious. I wonder if uh, when they come back, let, let's just take uh, uh, basketball, and that's probably the closest, but uh, take, take, taking Major League Basketball, um, will do you think teams will make the players sign waivers as far as uh, – you know, because they are close, they are, you know, everybody's susceptible, and I don't think uh, we've heard the last of uh, coronavirus, uh, and so do you think, will, will teams make players sign waivers? Well, if you get it, we're sorry, but, you know, this type of thing? Yeah, so it's definitely an interesting question, and uh, we'll have to see as time moves on, what they'll do for sure. One thing that I can say to that is that um, it's going to have to be an all-or-nothing thing. So you're, you're not going to see several of the players signing a waiver and several declining. I'd say if, if they do make them sign a waiver and anybody opts not to sign that waiver, you could have problems across the whole league. Um, just just this past week, we uh, we saw that the NBA, the NBA was supposed to return to practice, actually, um, this upcoming week. Uh, unfortunately, the Toronto Raptors said they wouldn't feel comfortable doing it, so they pushed back the whole league till at least May 15th. Um, so it's, it's really all or nothing here. We need all of them to feel comfortable doing it, all of them to feel safe before we can see a return, not just for the NBA, for any of these leagues. Right. And um, we have, uh, speaking of the NBA, we've got a lot of great topics today, and uh, we're going to try not to just focus on the COVID-19 shutdown. There's a lot of other things that are going on in sports as well. Um, even though you might not be able to watch it right now, it doesn't mean that the business behind the scenes has stopped. So, um, as I said earlier, we're going to focus on the business side of the sport uh, as a fo- opposed to a fan's perspective that you might see on ESPN or your local Fox Sports channel. So, hopefully we'll have some interesting and fresh content and shed some lights on the behind the scenes of everyone's favorite leagues and teams, and uh, maybe you just might learn something along the way. So um, some of today's topics, um, and today today will be a little bit of a unique show. In the future, probably going to have some, um, some guests, some of my colleagues from inside the business of sports, just to give you that actual inside perspective. Um, but today we're playing a little bit of catch-up. There's been a lot of news in professional sports in the last few weeks, some major developments, um, just a few of the major topics that we'll be discussing today. Um, a lot of happenings in the NCAA lately, so I'm not sure who's seen this, who hasn't. There was a recent likeness proposal that has passed uh, allowing NCAA college athletes, like, again, these aren't professional athletes, they're not on contracts, but the NCAA is going to allow them to start profiting off, um, off of their likeness. 
So we're talking getting paid for autographs, uh, getting paid to be in video games, uh, potentially on the, on the, on the side of very good basketball players, very good football players, maybe some sponsorship deals. Um, we're also going to talk about the NFL, some announcements and changes there. Uh, Roger Goodell, the commissioner, recently had a uh, released a memo discussing all the changes coming for the new season. We're talking furloughs, salary cuts, extended season, rule changes. So there's a lot to cover on that front as well. Uh, and then back to the NBA, as you had mentioned, David, we're expecting them, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, see what happens with the pandemic. But hopefully they're returning soon as well. Um, and certainly they're going to have some major changes in effect, whether it be um, how they're going to resume the season, if they're going to resume the season, where they'll resume that season. And uh, I think the question on everybody's mind is, are these millionaire players going to be getting paid their full paychecks by these billionaire owners? And um, it's certainly something interesting. It's something fluid that we're going to be monitoring as, uh, as things are changing. But uh, sports aren't completely dead. There's still a lot going on right now. Um, just a, a quick note, just um, to show you how sports really is a business just like any other. For those people familiar with the Paycheck Protection Program, um, all that money being given back by the government right now to small businesses, what you might not realize is that this applies to sports teams too. So we saw a story come out. Um, one of the most interesting stories, I think, in sports in the last couple weeks was that uh, the Los Angeles Lakers actually claimed money for the Paycheck Protection Program. Now, um, all of the NBA teams in the league are on a revenue-sharing platform. So what that means is it doesn't matter if your team wins two games or if your team wins 82 games. Whatever revenue you get goes into one big pot of the league, and that gets split out and dispersed evenly. Um, and because of that, the each individual team actually operates as its own business. So although the Lakers are the only ones we know publicly to have claimed it, it, it would mean that every team would have been eligible for that Paycheck, paycheck Protection Program money. Um, the Lakers returned it, obviously. Uh, $4.6 million they returned. Um, as we can imagine, it's probably not a great look for quote-unquote quote small business of the Lakers, one of the biggest brands in the United States. Um, they, they certainly don't need that money, money as much as your, your local hardware stores or anything like that. So we, um, we are glad to see that they returned that. But it's just an interesting note to think that these giant sports teams that everyone knows and everyone roots for are taking, um, in some cases, money from the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, a little more details onto that. So when we're talking about this Paycheck Protection Program in terms of sports teams, it's not going to be the players that are getting this money to pay their contracts. Um, players actually technically get paid by the league, even though they're getting paid by their team. That money is coming, in most cases, directly from the league. So they're not going to be the people getting the money. We're talking about the front office employees, yeah. so See? sponsorship employees, ticket sales okay. people, yeah. event staff, people working at your local stadiums, the guy walking around selling you hot dogs while you're watching, uh, while you're watching your local baseball team. Yeah. So those are the people who are getting bailed yeah. out by this, and I think that's an interesting thing uh, to note. She, she, I'm in the middle um, of another show right now. And David, uh, so before we get into our first topic, we're going to talk about the NCAA a little bit first. But uh, should we go to a break quickly? Okay. Okay. Bye.
I'm sorry, Jack. I got a uh, phone call in the middle of your conversation. So what we're going to do, we'll take a break right quick, and we'll be back with Jack right after this. You can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, and every family will save thousands of dollars a year. I'm Ellen Deal, and if you've been hurt by the Affordable Care Act, you can email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com to see if we can help. Small business owners, individuals, families, and baby boomers, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com for three easy questions to determine if you can get away from Obamacare. I'm a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry and here to help you for all your insurance needs. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, and we're back on America's Web Radio with uh, our this, this Jack. You do a very interesting show, and I I think the the coolest thing about it is we're looking at and seeing, and we'll be hearing such a different side of professional sports that you bring to us. So with that being said, I'm going to turn it back over to Jack. Thanks, David. Uh, Yeah, so um, certainly appreciate those comments. Definitely excited to bring a unique perspective to sports to a lot of people. And uh, with that, we'll get into our first segment, our first official segment on this show, uh, this time focusing on the current happenings in the NCAA. Um, So, as we're going to do for the next few weeks, at least, I'm going to start with a, a brief overview of the potential effects of the COVID-19, the coronavirus crisis, how that's going to affect all these college sports in ways that you might have already imagined or ways you might have never thought possible. Um, so the first topic on everyone's mind, as is with professional sports, it's the same with college sports. When are our sports coming back? Um, and that's still something that's definitely up in the air at this point especially for all these fall sports. Um, so we have a lot of a lot of colleges saying they may not even bring back students to the campus, in which case fall sports would most definitely not be happening. Um, I know um, a specific example, little shout-out, I have a younger brother who plays D1 lacrosse at UMass Lowell, and they recently turned their athletic field house into a, um, a field hospital for coronavirus. So you can see the challenges that that would have um, hosting – one sports games there. It's, uh, it's definitely a logistical nightmare. Um, and just for the purpose of um, how much time we have staying under that time, with the NCAA this week, I'll try to focus on uh, the major sports being football and basketball. Um, so football, in many ways, is the linchpin of college sports. Um, pretty much makes everything tick, and I'll explain a, shortly um, how, how that is the case. Um, so for most D1 athletic programs, 
their football and their basketball teams generate most of the revenue that helps them operate all of their other sports. Um, so to put that in, into some context, what we're talking about here, we're talking about TV contracts, ticket sales, uh, partnership deals. So those, all of that revenue from uh, those basketball and football teams is going to account for about 50 to 80% of the operating budget for all of the other sports. Um, and in extreme cases, it can be up to that 80, 90%. Um, you think of your, your University of Cincinnati, University of Kansas, uh, schools that have one major football or basketball program and the rest of their sports aren't that big. Well, that's how they fund all of those smaller sports. So with that being said, that is, uh, that is something that could lead to major problems if we don't see football return in the fall. Now, um, obviously, everyone wants football to return in the fall, and we think a lot of the people, uh, a lot of the people in charge, are pretty hopeful, and they're doing interesting things to help help make that happen. Um, one of the things that came out this past week was uh, SEC football commissioner Greg Sankey uh, said that he was hopeful for a return to football, and uh, his proposed solution was staggering the return. So, what that would mean is that uh, the SEC would come back; they would. They would play their games, uh, major conferences, maybe the Big Ten, things of that nature. And then um, smaller schools from uh, different conferences could come in at a later time when they're prepared to come back. Um, definitely would be an interesting workaround to help bring back football. Um, and, uh, we've also seen at the University of Michigan, uh, the athletic director, Ward Manuel, he already took a 5% salary decrease. Um, we saw Cincinnati canceled their soccer season. So in my eyes, there's a handful of reasonable solutions, and it all revolves around dollar sign. So if we want uh, these athletic departments to be able to operate, number one, football has to happen. If football doesn't happen, it, it's a logistical nightmare. We're going to need to do uh, financial backflips to figure out how to get it done. But let's assume that we can get football back for a moment. If we can get football back, um, even in a limited capacity, then there's there's a couple things that are going to need to happen to ensure that all the money checks out and we can afford all the other sports. Um, we're either going to have to delay the season start uh, and bring it back later. Um, again, that might might ding the uh, the revenue dollars coming from the TV contracts just a little bit. Um, but hopefully, if we have people like like the University of Michigan athletic director taking small salary cuts, um, maybe that can make up for the a change in amounts. Also, um, it it might not be fun to say, but we might need to have some uh, some cuts across other sports. So, some of your spring sports, some of your uh, your lacrosse, maybe your baseballs. Um, while it might seem that you, those sports are going to be back because we won't have the social distancing guidelines after all that time, if we don't have the money to do them, uh, we simply can't put them on. The, the athletic departments aren't gonna aren't gonna give that the go ahead. So. It'll be interesting. We're gonna to have to see. Um, we're gonna to have to see what happens with that. But uh, Jack, can, any NCAA idea what football for all the other sports to come back? Jack, any idea what might happen to uh, seniors uh, if they were to, you know, just cancel the season in most cases, or you know, for um, yeah. So we saw a little bit of precedent for this. So all the spring sport NCAA athletes this year, they all were granted a uh, an extra fifth year of eligibility. 
So it, it, in essence, it's as if their season didn't happen. So if there was a cancellation of any sports next year, um, I would assume there's a precedent that's been set that uh, they would all those student athletes would receive an extra year of eligibility as a result. Um, but then again, I mean, you have to deal with all these kids. Do they want to do a fifth year of college? Do they want to maybe potentially transfer to a new school? So um, even though they'd have that fifth year, it'll present some challenges and some some big talks for these student athletes for sure. And- um, still within the NCAA, but moving on past the COVID nineteen crisis to a. Uh, an interesting piece of news that recently propped up that athletes, uh, as I mentioned in the first segment, could soon receive compensation for third-party endorse- endorsements, uh, social media influencing, personal appearances, and their own businesses all for the first time. Um, so the NCAA Board of Governors supported this new rule change proposal. Um, the next step is that it will be considered by the NCAA's three legislative uh, divisions before the legislation is completely drafted and then written uh, prior to October 31st with a vote occurring no later than January 31st. Um, so these rights would go in, the name, image, and likeness rights would go into effect for the 2021-22 athletic season. And uh, what this means, and the, the reason the NCAA did this, this past year we had three of the top five recruits go to the NBA's G League, their developmental league, and skip playing college basketball. basketball. Now obviously, this is not very good for the NCAA. Ratings are down. Uh, if you don't have these top players, you're not going to make as much money on the TV contracts, and people just generally won't be as interested in college basketball and uh, college football if these kids are going to try to go to the league as soon as possible. So what the NCAA is really trying to do is they're trying to give kids, young athletes, a reason to want to be in the NCAA and to want to play college sports. Um, aside from obviously, it's it's obviously very fun. If they need to develop, they can. But if they're ready to go to the leagues, then the NCAA needs to give them a benefit to stay there. So this uh, this new image name likeness proposal, it's it's, it's not going to affect your everyday small sport athletes. So if if you're a women's soccer player or uh, if you're if you're a guy rowing crew per se, you're not gonna you're not gonna see a huge change in what's going to happen. Because of um, because of this new proposal, you're you're not going to get sponsors coming seeking you out. You're you're not going to be getting an agent. You're not going to be doing any of that. This is uh, it's mostly for the top five, maybe ten percent of college athletes who are really bringing in money for the schools um, to get a little bit more out of it. And then um, over time, maybe who knows, we might see a return of NCAA football video games. One of the most popular video games back in 2008 was the year that they ended up canceling that and uh kids kids will get compensated for that and um for all the for all the kids playing smaller sports it's basically going to mean that uh when that little 13 year old in the crowd asks for your autograph after you can make 10 bucks 10 bucks off them um (laughs) so that'll be great as well (laughs) you know uh, where's it gonna stop yeah uh that's that's the question too and I, I would say that it'll it'll stop whenever the NCAA can stop making money off of these kids. Because uh, as of now, I mean, these kids are bringing in millions, billions of dollars, and they're not getting paid as professionals. Um, but at least they're getting a little bit more money now. But, um, yeah, the NCAA is uh, definitely doing all they can to squeeze every last drop of cash out of these kids. Incredible. Um you know, it'll, I don't know, it may sharpen, uh, 
from uh, middle school to uh, high school to college, and uh, the what the uh, colleges will this limit or will this put any kind of restraint on what colleges can offer as far as scholarships and and other incentives to come to our school? Yeah, so um, so it was specifically stated in this proposal that the uh, the money that these kids can earn can only be third party. So that means their their schools can't be paying them any extra money, their uh, conferences can't be paying them extra money. So it has to come from a third party. So and and that's just to keep the playing field level because um, for example, you take a school like the University of Alabama or uh, the University of Central Michigan. Obviously, the University of Alabama is able to offer, if they had unlimited resources, they could offer kids the largest scholarships they wanted, and there's no reason for a kid to go anywhere else. Um, but, but so that they can keep it a level playing field, so that we actually have competitive sports that people want to watch, um, there's not going to be any increase to the amount of scholarships for anybody that you can, you can give, and you, you certainly can't pay a kid to come to your school. Um, well, I guess, I guess you, you can try, but uh, it might come back to bite you. <laughs> And and well, it should. You know, uh, this this is something that uh, from and I go back a long ways ago. But uh, you know, there there's a big difference between collegiate football, and I, I don't watch a lot of other collegiate sports. Uh, some some uh, softball or, or some baseball, but uh, but between uh, football, collegiate, and uh, professional, there's a world of difference, and there, and it's a refreshing world of difference, I think. And I don't want to see collegiate football. This is from a personal perspective. Turn into professional collegiate football, and I would hate yeah, to see it, that. I, and I, I think that's like a, a sentiment that a lot of people definitely share. Um, I know we've been talking a lot in this show so far about sports being a business, but that, that business is entirely driven by the fans. So, as you were saying, if, if you see college football become professional college football, uh, I, and I would guess that we could have a similar reaction to what we got for the XFL, which is, it's definitely interesting, but it's not, it's not professional football and it, it shouldn't try to be professional football. Um, if fans stop watching, the business model collapses and, and there's just no way that it can go on. So, um, I think the NCAA knows that, and they'll they'll try to do everything they can to keep this uh, to keep these kids amateurs while they can, um, so people can keep enjoying the great game of college football. Good, good. With that being said, we're going to take our uh, second break, and we'll be back with Jack right after this. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy. Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. 
Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. All right, we're back with Billion Dollar Ballers here, and uh, this segment we have right now is going to focus on the recent announcements in the NFL and proposed changes to the new season. <clears throat> so, to begin, uh, as many NFL, and actually as any NFL fan will know, uh, we just had the draft this past weekend. It was held virtually. It was the most highest ratings that any NFL draft has ever had. Um, which is interesting, but I think we can chalk that up to the fact that, uh, well, there's not much else to watch as far as sports content right now. Um, an interesting side note quickly is that, uh, this, um, this change happened very, very quickly. So talking to some executives, um, in the NFL front office, I was asking them, um, you know, what's, uh, what's the biggest thing that people need to know from the business side that this change from, um, a massive event in Las Vegas, to a virtual event where we've got all the GMs and coaches sitting in their basements of their homes um, selecting players. How is that affecting all the business of this? Um, and, and really what uh, what's changing is we're going from a massive event that's going to have uh, VIP hospitality, sponsorship activations, um, on-site uh, fans, and, and a lot of money being exchanged for in-person events. Um it's now completely all going to disappear. So what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of our activations um, completely changing to a virtual platform. Um, and it's this year we, we saw, if you saw through some of the advertisements uh, directing you to mobile apps, directing you to websites, things like that, um, it, it was really a good test run for them to see how they can get fans to be engaged if the fans aren't going to be in sight on person. Um, and I think that something that we've learned from that is that uh, fans can still be equally as engaged um, from home as they could in person. Uh, all of these sponsorship companies, all of these brands that are partnered with the NFL and involved with the NFL, they can still recoup their investments and make their money. You, you just have to get a little creative. Um, you're not going to have the ticket revenue for an event. Um, obviously, people aren't buying tickets. People, but uh, on the flip side, people are watching in greater numbers on uh, on TV and streaming online and things of that nature. So the money is there. The money has just um, been relocated in a sense. And it'll be interesting to see how leagues are able to adapt, not just the NFL, but other other leagues as well, how they're able to adapt to do this new business model. 
because um, even when we do get our favorite leagues back, uh, there will not be full full stadiums, full fans initially. So I'm certainly excited to see what teams are able to do with technology and how they're able to keep their fans engaged in cool and exciting ways um, outside of the stadiums. And if I had to bet, and um, there's no pun intended here, but if I had to bet on what will happen, uh, I'd bet that sports gambling takes a big step forward in these upcoming seasons. Um, we've seen sports gambling get legalized in many states, and uh, that'll it'll certainly be put back into stadiums when people do return. But for now, I think that the leagues um, most likely will be partnering with certain betting organizations online to get uh, get fans lined, get fans betting, get fans more interested in the sports. And uh, I know it might be a tough time right now for a lot of people in wake of the coronavirus, but uh, if you've got a little bit of spare change, then it's certainly a good way to uh, get a little more invested if you can't be at the games and hopefully have some fun while doing it. Um, so speaking of, speaking of leagues being adaptable and the NFL being adaptable specifically, uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell recently released a memo discussing all the changes that are going to be coming for the upcoming season. Uh, and I'll quickly give a small quote from him. He said that, quote, it is clear that the economic effects will be deeper and longer lasting than anyone anticipated and that their duration remains uncertain, end quote. So that was Roger Goodell. Um, and he's, he's certainly right, and he hit the nail on the head here. It's not going to be a short-term thing. This coronavirus is going to impact all sports, but specifically the NFL, for a long time now. Um, so they've rolled out a lot of measures to, to attempt to counter this, and, and one of the first ones starts with Goodell himself. So he actually reduced his salary voluntarily down to almost zero. Um, and if you're not familiar what he was earning it's about a $50 million decrease in uh, in his paycheck this year. So that should just show you the, the dedication that the people in the front offices and the executives at the head of all these leagues, what they're sacrificing to hopefully bring back sports and uh, to help their, their workers. Um, unfortunately, just like any other company or most companies at this time, um, there are pay reductions uh, aimed at management-level employees in the NFL. Um now, this will only be affecting people who make more than $100,000 a year. Um, no employee with a base salary below that amount will be affected by the salary reduction. Um, there also are furloughs. Now, these furloughs are going to be effective May 8th. Um, but on the bright side, uh, Roger Goodell was saying that he hopes to reverse the furloughs in what he said would be a few months. Um, in, in my mind, this might be an optimistic timetable from the sources that I've talked to the plan is to start the NFL season in October um, obviously no fans will be involved and uh, the ticket sale people will certainly have a different job to do um, if there if there's no fans it'll be tough for these teams to have as many employees hired because they simply don't have the need um, so if I had to guess these furloughs most likely will not be reversed until close to the end of the season. Uh, for the end of the season right now, they're targeting a February Super Bowl, um, which seems fairly likely. Um, I, I'm optimistic that that can get done. Um, but in, in order to do that, they had a couple proposals this week that I think will need to be put into place. Um, th those proposals are as follows. I don't think we're going to get a preseason this year. Um, well, not I don't think. We're not going to get a preseason this year. The NFL has stated pretty clearly that they're they're already shortening the preseason 
by one week moving forward, but they they know that it's just not feasible to get a preseason in three, four weeks before the actual season starts. Um, on top of that, they recently announced that there's not going to be bye weeks this year. Um, definitely interesting for those fans out there watching. As we know, bye weeks are critical to team success. It, it could uh, could certainly result in more injuries on the field, um, but it's going to mean you get to watch your favorite team every week, no weeks off. So that's on the bright side, that'll certainly be fun. Um, also, uh, the proposal in the new CBA, which passed over um, over this past summer, and uh, quickly for those not familiar with the CBA, it's the collective bargaining agreement that is put into place between the NFL and the NFLPA, which is the NFL Players Association. Um, it sets in, in place everything from the new rule that uh, marijuana is no longer being tested for and no longer an illegal substance in the league, um, all the way down to the base salaries for all of the rookies in the league. And um, it really, if you want to learn the inside and out of the NFL, the rules, the salary, why your favorite team can't afford to play to pay Tom Brady um, $50 million in one year, or why your favorite team can't afford to pay him 25 then you should go read that, um, that CBA. But what that CBA did put into place is um, there's going to be one less buy in the playoffs, one extra wild card game, really exciting stuff. Um, it's going to mean an extra team in each division is going to get in, or each conference is going to get in to the uh, to the playoffs this year. Um, so personally, I think that's great. And uh, the reason the NFL is doing that, obviously, um, as is normally the case with professional sports leagues, is they can make a few extra bucks doing it. So they're going to have um, they're going to have an extra playoff game, the opportunity to make a little extra money, and. Uh, from the fan side, I mean, hey, your team has a better chance to make the playoffs and you get to watch more football. So pretty much a win all around uh, for everyone but the players who now have to play a 17-game regular season. And um, in the case of two teams, these teams that might have had a bye, they're going to have to play an extra game as well. And unfortunately, that's how things typically go in the NFL. Um, the, uh, the NBA is certainly a little bit better with their player representation. It's mostly a player-driven league, but the NFL is still completely driven by the owners, and um, we're seeing that with all these CBA agreements that are coming out. Jack, um, Jack I'm just yeah, curious. Uh, has there been any uh, did Liddell are, are literally have you heard or know of have they put any uh, guidelines on what they might uh, consider doing as far as the virus is concerned. If all, if magically there was a vaccine or magically there was a cure or magically there was something or the other, we're, we're waiting until, like we all have heard over and over again, until the line flattens and all this kind of stuff. But uh, have they put any, have they published any... Uh, any information on this will determine when we start back up? Uh, yeah, so the, the big thing with the NFL, the one big thing that they have said, and this is uh, this has been pretty much repeated in all major sports leagues, is that they're not going to resume their season until they have reason to believe that they have access to enough tests, enough test kits for the coronavirus for all of the players, all of the employees. Um, so for the NBA, I, I saw that number was estimated to be around 15,000 test kits 
it's uh, obviously for the NFL, they have much bigger rosters. They have much more people employed. So they're going to need a, an even larger number of test kits, which I think is why they're, they're setting that October start date. Now, um, it, it might... It might not seem to be that late because we haven't had football in a while. It is the off season, but um, October is a fairly late start date for the for the NFL. Um, ju- just last year, I was doing work with the Los Angeles Chargers, and I remember that uh, our preseason was getting going um, prior to even August. So, so it's definitely got a big delay. Um, I personally am optimistic that we can get the number of test kits needed for them to start in October. But uh, if they don't get that number of test kits, then, yeah, they're going to have to keep delaying and keep delaying. Um, so it, it'll definitely be interesting to follow. Now, as opposed to the NBA, the NBA is looking at doing their season in all sorts of unique ways in different locations and remote buildings, similar to the UFC. UFC actually purchased the whole island. They're calling it Fight Island to have a bunch of their fights on Um the NFL still plans to hold all of their games in the actual stadiums. Um, so, so that could present some challenges for sure, too. So I, I personally think the NFL is going to have the hardest time getting their season back and getting that back up and running. But if they have the test kits available and, and they're optimistic about October, then uh, as of now, we have no reason to doubt that that's a reasonable timeline. Super. I, I hope I don't throw you curveballs by asking questions like that. Oh, no, no, no. They're good. The people need to hear. Well, I tell you what, we're going to, why don't we go ahead and take our last break and then we'll come back up or come back in and uh, Jack can finish out with um, the rest of the show. We'll be back right after this. The disease of addiction is a life altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it and you'll love having one in your shower. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. All right, welcome back to Billion Dollar Ballers, and welcome back to our final segment. Um, our final segment today will focus on recent announcements in the NBA and proposed changes to this season, um, this currently postponed and ongoing season. Um, quick aside before we wrap up with this final segment, we haven't discussed your favorite sport today. If you're an NHL fan, a NASCAR fan, 
maybe even a UFC fan or uh, I guess WNBA fan if for the few of you out there. Um, we will be covering more variety of sports in the future, but for now, um, there's just so much to catch up on and the NBA, the NCAA, and the NFL currently are the largest sports leagues in America, so we're going to stick to those for today, and then we'll get some more depth and variety as we go on with the show. Um, but back to the NBA for now. Of all the sports that I've discussed today, the NBA, in my eyes, is the most affected by the coronavirus crisis. Um, and that's because they were in the heat of the season, right in the playoff push there, Um Things still unsettled. We have LeBron James going for a championship in his 17th year, um, and we have uh, we have all the uh, all the Eastern Conference teams still battling it out. About four or five of those teams still haven't locked in a playoff spot of the eight playoff spots available. Um, so it's it's really thrown a hitch in what's going on in that season. And there's a ton of questions, uh, namely when the season will resume, if the season will resume. Um, for the purpose of this segment, uh, it, it's my belief, based on uh, everything that everyone within the league has been saying um, and the potential financial fallout, if they did cancel the season, it's my belief that the season will come back. Now, some proposed solutions for that have been doing the rest of the games in Disney World, doing the rest of the games in Las Vegas, changing the format, uh, starting the playoffs immediately, doing a tournament style similar to what they do with the, um, the NCAA tournament, uh, March Madness tournament. So um, we're not going to necessarily get into speculation about where the season will resume, um, but we are going to uh, base our opinions on facts and say that the season most likely will be returning. Um, one announcement that they've made, which points to this, is that uh, – League sources have announced that they expect the NBA draft to be pushed back from June 25th to either August or September. Um, not, there'd be no reason to do this unless the season was going on, so it's a pretty safe bet that the season will be returning. Um, some some things that the NBA has done, um, interestingly, to counter this crisis is uh, they, they, 100 of their executives had their salaries reduced by 20%. That's similar to what happened in the NFL with um, with people making over a hundred grand a year getting their salaries reduced as well. Um, but also, Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, one of the most reputable NBA reporters out there, he recently said this quote: "The NBA and NBA Players Association have agreed on the withholding of twenty five percent of each player paycheck beginning on May fifteenth. The deal gives gradual reduction in salary should force Missouri provision be enacted." With cancellation of the regular season games, May 1st checks will be paid in full, end quote. So essentially what he's saying here is that um, starting May 15th, if the season hasn't returned by then, which um, it, it could return by then, we could see the practice facilities open, um, in which case this wouldn't be happening. But starting then, there will be a withholding of 25% of each player paycheck. Um, and then force majeure, essentially what that means is that the regular season is canceled. Again, very unlikely that that would happen. But if that did happen, um, then there would be a gradual reduction in the player's salary to the point that they wouldn't be getting paid anymore. So uh, to answer the question on everyone's mind of are these owners going to be paying their players their million-dollar contracts, most likely they will be. Um, if the season goes on, yeah, they're certainly going to get paid but uh if the season gets canceled they're not they're not getting the tv money they're not getting the ticket money they're not getting the uh the ad revenue the sponsorship revenue so no the the players aren't going to get paid 
And um, a, a lot of people may may say that that's not right. These owners are billionaires. They should be paying their their players. But let's not forget, the players are also millionaires, and uh, the owners aren't paying their salary out of pocket. Um, the, the money is coming from the league. The money's coming from the revenue that was acquired from the seasons prior. Um, so it's it's not the the owner's obligation to pay these players, even though they might have a lot of money. Um, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't go out and pay your employees out of your own pocket if if you weren't working and you didn't have the the revenue coming in from your business. Um, so it's uh, it's kind of hard for the the casual fan to uh, put those things into context with such large amounts of money being thrown around. But um, if they can't work, they're they're not going to get paid their full amount. Um, so uh, thinking about potential fallout, if, if this season does end up getting canceled, which, again, we don't think it would be, um, some interesting thing to note would be what would happen with the TV contract. Um, and, and there's really no, there's no precedent for a season getting canceled. The closest thing that we've had is lockouts. Um, and in these lockout scenarios, what happened is that those TV contracts were just delayed until the league returned. So wh- when the league did return, the TV contract kicked back into effect and you no know, time had clicked off the proverbial clock of that contract. Um, so if, if the, uh, if the whole season did end up getting canceled, then, uh, I would assume that they'd either rework the TV contract or it would simply be delayed and, um, this season would not be accounted for. Um, in the fulfilling of that TV contract. Um, now, next season's schedule. Next season's schedule, regardless of this season returns or gets canceled, um, that draft date is going to be pushed back to August or September regardless. Um, now, there's a couple, way that the league, couple ways the league can go here. The league can either have a normal, um, a normal summer league, as they normally do with the new players, and um, if that was the case, the season would have to go late. But um, as we've seen with the start of the baseball season um, interfering with that timeline, if the NBA does run into the baseball season, those TV contracts are extremely similar, and those TV contracts would conflict, and um, that would not be not be good for any party involved. I actually don't know that there is a logistical way for them to work that out. So uh, the more likely scenario is that the summer league gets canceled altogether, um, certainly it's going to be a small hit in uh, TV revenue for the league, but it's uh, better than the alternative of tangling with the MLB and their TV contracts um, and most likely losing even more money. Um, so, uh, again, the NBA, one of the most tricky to predict, we're going to follow this as we move forward with the show in the weeks to come, the most tricky to predict, but I would assume the quickest to return um, another factor that benefits the NBA is they have very, very small roster sizes. So uh, as everyone who follows the sport knows, five players on the court at a time. Um, you'd assume you need the cameraman, some medical head coach, maybe an assistant, and then uh, a total of 13 players on each roster. So uh, we've got eight members of the team on the bench. Um, I don't expect any of that to change. Um the amount of test kits that they're targeting, again, is 15,000 test kits. That should account for all of the personnel required to run the rest of the season, to run these events. 
And that number seems well within reach. We've heard President Trump talking about getting these test kits out, saying everyone will have one who needs one. Um, 15,000 seems like a reasonable amount. And in, in order to, to help facilitate them collecting that amount, teams have been encouraged by the league and uh, actually by the president himself not to be testing their players if they show no symptoms. There's there's simply no need to treat these athletes differently than you would any other person working for any other business. And any other person working for any other business wouldn't be getting a test if they didn't have any symptoms. So um, contrary to some of the reports we've seen out there, the athletes aren't going to be getting special treatment moving forward. They don't even want to use their test kits right now. Um, they want to preserve them so they have the amount to run the season. So I think they're going to hit that 15,000 goal. Um, and then one, one last quick note on the, uh, on the NBA, something that I found extremely interesting, and uh, it, was, it was somewhat public, somewhat used to a PR advantage, was that President Trump actually met with the commissioners of every major sport league in an effort to bring, uh, to bring some economic stability back to our country. And, uh, I thought, I thought that that was just amazing. He said that he wanted the, the NBA in particular to be instrumental in bringing back our economy. And I think that this really points to how important sports can be beyond, beyond the entertainment value. Everyone loves watching their favorite teams. But these are billion-dollar businesses we're talking about here, um, and they can stimulate an economy potentially even almost just by themselves, uh, just getting more money back in circulation and and really stimulating in ways that most businesses can't right now. Um, it really points to how important these sports are to the business of our country and the economy of our country. Um, also, the economic task force that we've seen, the... Uh, United States, the real life Avengers of economics, if you will. Uh, we saw several commissioners on that as well, and we actually saw Mark Cuban. Uh, Mark Cuban, as many many of you will know, is the extremely famous, uh, not only member of Shark Tank, but uh, the um, owner of the Dallas Mavericks organization. Um, one of the most visible owners in the league. He's part of that economic task force tasked with bringing our country's economy back. So I think it'll be it'll be great to see our sports come back, and as they do come back, I think you'll see a boost in the economy, which which everyone needs, and hopefully sports can be one of the first steps in helping us to uh, reverse this crisis and um, move on to better and happier times. Um, and with that, David, I think that's the gist of our show today. I'd like to jo- thank all the fans for joining us. Um, Again, this was our first weekly show of Billion Dollar Ballers covering the inside business of sports from the NCAA all the way up to the major leagues. Um, today we talked about the NBA, the NFL, NFL the NCAA. Um, next week we're going to be moving on. I'll give you a quick little preview. We're going to be discussing in depth the UFC. Um, the UFC is slated to have three cards in May. So effectively, uh, Unless you count the WWE, and I certainly don't, the UFC will be the first major sport um, back up and back operational, and that'll be exciting for everyone to watch that. Um, We're going to continue to discuss the NBA as the NBA comes back. Should have more clarity. The deadline is actually today for the NBA to announce their new plans for how they're going to roll out their season. So I will be watching that closely today and uh, hopefully able to provide more insight next week on that. Um, and then we're also 
We're also going to get a little bit into the NHL and European soccer. Um, a lot of people in the United States might not be familiar with European soccer, but European soccer is going through a lot of the same things that American sports are right now um, in terms of questioning whether to resume their season, uh, assessing how they can get their season to return next next year. Um, and that's just as important to the European economy. And I think one of the big things that people sometimes don't realize about sports is, yes, they're, they're completely separate, but being that they are an integral part of the economy, it's, it's important to understand what's going on overseas so we can see how the whole world economy is going to come back and how that's going to affect the United States more specifically. Uh, um, uh, Jack, with that, uh, will you, uh, not only Europe, but uh, what about the Japanese uh, baseball and so forth? Yeah, that, that's definitely a good question, too. Um, so uh, the effects in Asia that we've seen, specifically China, have been slightly different. So a lot of Asian sports, South Korea, for example, did one of the best jobs handling the crisis. They got their virus under control quickly, and um, they really never had a stop in their sports. Their basketball league was going on forever. Um, I know uh, a couple of colleagues of mine, uh, some fans of gambling, were gambling on Chinese basketball this week. So Chinese basketball's back. All them, all those sports in Europe, or in Asia, pardon me, seem to be a little bit ahead of schedule. So we can definitely look to them um, as an example of what we can expect. But that being said, their um, their whole strategy, their whole belief system. It's fairly different than ours over in Asia, and they rolled things out way quicker than we're willing to do in the United States right now. Um, so I think Europe might be a more apt comparison, but the the Asian sports are definitely interesting in terms of just a strategy for coming back out, I would say. Well, Jack, I think this has been one more great show, and looking forward to the weeks to come. And uh, it's a, such a different approach to it than uh, we've many years ago that we had in the past, and uh, I appreciate it and hope you've enjoyed it as well. And I know our audience has enjoyed it and we'll be growing it and talking more about the dollars and cents uh, of professional sports. And, uh, Jack, you do a great job and thank you. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks, David. Yep. Billion Dollar Ballers will be back next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Tide on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.